The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all to the greatest show of them all it is the nfc east mixtape presented to you by blog of the boys bleeding green nation hogs haven big blue view sb nation's home for nfc east content you can listen to the show on any one of their podcast networks you can also watch this show on the bleeding green nation youtube channel or the blog and the boys youtube channel we make it very easy for you to find however you consume your content he is brandon lee gotten from bgn i am Cha from btb blg happy uh, I guess it's actually new league year um, to people probably when they're listening to this. Um, the new league year begins on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern. We are technically still in the legal tampering window. Do you feel tampered with? Uh, wow, what a question to start the pod with. Um, mm-hmm. I It's a busy time of year, RJ. A lot of things happening. Some people have time to go out with a run or on a run, I should say, with their families, which I am shocked by. I got I, a lot I, of heat for that. I, a lot of people were like, doing? I mean... The Cowboys weren't doing anything. <laughs> like, oh, what if like something huge dropped? And well, anyway, well, first of no, all, I, I want to be clear that I'm not. Like, right. I don't want to shame you and your family for getting exercise. For exercising, yeah, yeah, right. No, that's that's great. Everyone should do that. But uh, the timing, I just thought I was like, wait a minute. Like, I woke up at four yesterday. And I stayed up till like midnight. I work hard, everyone, just to have to let you know, um, because that's what hardworking people do is then tell everyone about it. Um, it was just funny to me. And um, uh, Holden, my my good friend Holden. And E and uh, Josh, I ran into them before today's show, and they were also, they saw that, and they were giving you crap as well. Again, I just don't understand. And here's the thing. you got to be, like, thinking three steps ahead from a content creation standpoint, Brandon, all right? I even tweeted before I That's ran. a terrible I, sentence. I don't know if you saw this. I tweeted, like, about to go for a run, uh, so something Cowboys is definitely going to happen. Had mm. something happened, it would have been content. It would have been, like, go for a run. It would a, a long time ago, when I first got into blogging and things like this, I had a similar sort of tweet. Uh, and you'll remember the player. I tweeted, like, I'm about to get a haircut. The Cowboys are surely going to sign somebody in this, like, window of time. Sure enough, it happened. Cedric Thornton signed to the Dallas Cowboys in that wow. exact window. And then the next time I went and got a haircut, I did the same thing. And I don't remember who it was, but the same thing happened. So, like, three haircuts in a row uh, that I tweeted about, it was just kind of a fun, cool little thing. Uh, so I was trying to, you know, re- replicate that, emulate that. It didn't happen. Uh, they did restructure Michael Gallup's contract right before uh, the run. So maybe that was the motivation. Mm. But uh, no big deal. Three miles. Just kind of crushed it. Shout out to me. Good job. 
Congrats. Um, so two things before we get into all of the free agency news, the free agency frenzy, as every major network show likes to call it, uh, because you have to have that alliteration in there. Um, two things. Uh, well, first of all, we're recording this on Tuesday, March 14th. Happy Pie Day to you, Brandon. What's your favorite kind of pie? Pizza, baby. Pizza mm. pie. It's a good answer. Uh, I think people would go more dessert pies, but pizza pie is definitely the answer. Pecan, pecan, you know, whatever. Pumpkin, miss me. Cheesecake, kind of a pie. Um, mm, I'm not, not no, a fan. What? No. People, some people think che- that cheesecake is a pie. That's it's I've seen that argument in the before. Name cheesecake. I mean, cake. but if we talk about is the fundamental pie? like qualities of it, it's kind of like a pie. So, but Do whatever. You feel like cupcake is more of a pie or a cake. I think it's more of a muffin. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think it's fair to call it a, a cake. Of those two, what do you think it'd be more of? I think it's a muffin. I don't have to no, live in that the, world. Where so you can say it's only closer. Is it closer to one of these two things? Is a cupcake closer to being cake or is it closer to being pie? How is a cupcake anywhere near levels of pie? I agree. But um, Mike Mitchell from Doughboys is a big uh, uh, cupcake is pie okay. truther. Well, so, okay, we're uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, March 14th at about noon central time. So it's very possible that something has happened to date this episode. This is just the way our schedules work. Uh, Brandon is awake for, you know, 18 hours. And this That's is right. the only one that he has to record. Um, so two things. One, um, I ordered a pellet grill over the weekend. Yeah, and so, um, well, it's a grill that instead of using charcoal, uses wood pellets. Um, and mm. so... It effectively is like the easiest way to grill because uh, <laughs> all the, the research I did, um, it's sort of like an outdoor oven. That's what all the like people who mock it call it. Uh, you can set it, leave it, control it. It's electric technically, um, hence the like oven correlation. Uh, but the pellet, you know, is it the, the meat or whatever you're making is smoked. It's the smoke that's technically cooking things. There's no technical flame the way there would be on like a standard charcoal grill or even a propane grill. Uh, but so I ordered one. Uh, and so it's, it's a mechanism designed to smoke meats and things like that. So if anybody has some recommendations, we usually get something like we've asked for some weird stuff in the past and generally people have always had some sort of answer. So if you have any kind of recipe or something you suggest that I make in my pellet grill that will be delivered later this week, uh, I would appreciate it. The first big thing I'm planning on trying BLG pulled pork, super pumped about it. Yeah. That's a, that's, I feel like that's like a, uh, a no brainer kind of place to start. I was thinking some salmon, you like a salmon? Oh, yeah. that's that's kind of one of the biggest proponents in my household. Um, well, we're fit. We obviously exercise, but we eat a lot of salmon. Uh, <laughs> Why did you say it like that? A lot. Well, you're the one because I'm taking heat like left and right <laughs> from people like, you know, I'm like in the pellet grill of uh, of take them like people that have had this huge problem with the fact that I went for a run. But uh, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, I'm going to do a lot of salmon. And I've heard that a pellet grill specifically revolutionizes the way that salmon tastes. You can also get like flavored pellets. Um, so I'm anxious to kind of play around with them, like some cherry or pecan or whatever the case may be. Uh, but yeah, if anybody has some some stuff they recommend, send them my way. Uh, that's my question. But do you have a question? Because I have one more question related thing. Well, have you ever seen I think his name is Chef Cuso on like YouTube or whatever? I followed a ton of Instagram people uh, after purchasing the pellet grill. Uh, he, you know what I'm saying? Uh, He's like a big Bill San, I believe. And right, he makes right. His own like spices, but I always see him. He shows up in like my YouTube shorts of like uh, cooking a bunch of good stuff on the grill. I feel like he has some interesting ideas. I saw he did a on the subject of salmon, a salmon wrapped shrimp. Yes, very interesting. Yeah, he does oh. like like interesting creative stuff like that. 
Right on. Uh, okay, so that's the question that I have posed to the mixologists, um, but we're actually now asking questions. We're fielding questions. Um, I apologize to whoever it was that tweeted this at us and recommended this idea. Um, it was a few weeks ago at this point, so um, I've forgotten. But Tweet we had us a... again, and we'll retweet you and give you credit. Right. Good, good point. Uh, but somebody who we will find out it is shortly, obviously, uh, told us that we should have an NFC East mixtape question of the week. And actually, the genesis for this, I don't know if you saw these tweets in your, like, again, 18-hour workdays. Uh, people are mad that you and I aren't mad at each other. People miss the the discord and the <laughs> dissension uh, that we had in the middle of the regular season. There's just too much peace and passivity uh, here in the days of the offseason. So um, I think that the idea was that the questions would spur some debates. Uh, but still, uh, we're definitely interested in answering your questions and tackling the subjects that you want us to talk about. So these are the instructions. If you have a question, something you want to be a legitimate part of the show on a given week, you have to write it in a review. It can be a review on any one of the four platforms, whether that's Blogging the Boys, Bleeding Green Nation, Hogshaven, Big Blue View. Go leave a rating, write a review, put NFC East Mixtape Question of the Week, and it will be on the rundown. Deal, Brandon? Yeah. That was it? Yep. Okay. Um, wow. I thought I was going to get some more love for like the pulled pork and things like that. Like I thought you were going to be really into that. Um, but I was, no, I said that I think that's a good place to start. I am not worried about the actual smoking of the meat, but like the making of like some sort of sauce. Like some people, like I know they do like, like they put like Dr. Pepper in their sauce and stuff like that. Like yeah. that's a little bit beyond my like chemistry capability. Well, I think you so. work your way up to that. Okay. Um, I would do a brisket too, by the way really that's definitely the plan i wouldn't start with that i would work your way up to that as well definitely the plan um i don't know what is going to be the first thing but i want to do nachos with some sort of meat i don't know if it's like pork you know the pulled pork maybe um on the nachos or like brisket nachos or something like that but nachos uh, great definitely going to be some uh some good times okay uh we have a lot of free agency things to kind of get to uh we of course go in order of divisional standing it is the off season which means we start with the Philadelphia Eagles, and wow, Jason Kelsey, Howie Roseman doing shots together. How unprofessional of Howie Roseman. Jason Kelsey, pick. who was your pick for most overrated Eagles player during our offseason, most overrated, underrated, said mm. he was not a – or you would you would not admit to me he was a Hall of Famer, which I think you've hopefully come around on. I said I that in the lead up to the Super Bowl, and, like, that's that's a <laughs> – like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that take. Like, he – he put together like maybe his best season of all time. I, don't, I mean, like, I don't know that that's a, a stretch. Well, he's or definitely solidified it, but he was on track to be. Uh, anyway, regardless, he's back. That's not a surprise. It felt like he was going to be back. There was whispers during the Super Bowl week that he wasn't like quite ready to be done playing. Um, the Eagles made him the highest paid center. They adjusted his contract. That's he wasn't even a free agent technically. Um, his contract was set to void, so they did have to make a decision. There, there was that to be made which is why it was announced, but it wasn't like he was going to join another team so much. He wasn't like he had, he was talking to other teams like these other Eagles free agents are. So uh, big deal to get him back. It's great. And it does mean that uh, Cam Jurgens, who was selected in the second round last year, will not be playing center to take over for Kelsey in year two, but uh, probably guessing he will be playing a right guard because I'm anticipating the Eagles will lose Isaac Sumalo in free agency. Hmm. Interesting. Um, Cowboys kind of in a similar boat if and when the Tyron Smith domino falls, it kind of solidifies that Tyler Smith will be playing a left guard. Kind of like you're talking about Cam Jurgens was like the, you know, center waiting in the wings. Like that's obviously not happening now. 
Um, at least that's not the plan with Jason Kelsey returning. Brandon Graham also returning. Um, we had the like obligatory, like, I don't want to leave. Philly's so great, blah, 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 whatever, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But, uh, I mean, he did you know. take a, like a, a relatively undermarket deal, I think, for a guy coming off 11 sacks. Like, $6 million a year is pretty decent. I, I, I forget what that – I think it's like 37th among Ed's rushers. Like, that's a pretty decent rate. And uh, if there is one player the Eagles can kind of uh, like be sentimental about, and even if he stunk and still keep him around, it would be Brandon Graham, I feel like, given all that he's done, and he's an all-time player. Um, but he doesn't stink. Like He's coming off a career year. I still think he's going to be really good as a rotational player. He has a chance to become the all-time Eagle uh, leader in games played for the franchise this season. So I think he only needs 10 or 11 more for that to pass, I think, Chuck Bednarik. So that's like a pretty crazy thing. Mm. Um, says a lot about the like kind of last, I don't know, 10 years of Eagles football and like what they've been certainly for certain players. I think if you look at that era, like the last decade, the faces of it, there's no quarterback who's the face of that whole era, obviously, because there have been you know a few different ones. But Jason Kelsey and Brandon Graham, I think like if it were a book, I think they would be the cover of the book. Um, so they are shout out to that. Uh, shout out to Bo Wolf from the Athletic, the longest tenured Eagles teammates of all time, the, the longest like you know pair of two players were ever in the team for concurrently, and then also uh, Brandon Graham is the longest tenured athlete in Philadelphia. That happened last year when Claude Giroux got traded, but still kind of crazy that he'll be around for another year and he'll keep that going. Like longest athlete ever of any professional it, sports. Like currently, team? like currently, he's oh, the like, longest tenured athlete. You. Not the longest tenure ever, but the like he he's been the longest professional athlete active. Like, this moment in time. Yeah, right. okay. yeah. Okay, that's a weird truth, but you know, hey, it's I like that. It's like crazy that. when you like reflect on his career and you're like, oh, he was a bust, and now he's like Super Bowl hero, and he's now he's gonna be like the the lead the Eagles and games play. It's just a very interesting kind of career path for him, and he's a great guy. And he really should have won comeback player of the year, um, but he didn't. I'm wondering who that would be for the for Dallas. I think it might be Tyron Smith. Um, that's a good question. Um, by the way, on the subject of this, I was thinking, you know what's kind of cool is when you're Pittsburgh and all your teams are the same colors. That's got to be really cool. Like when every single yeah. one of your major teams has the same color scheme, that's got to be really, really, really cool. So um, I'm surprised you like that as someone who doesn't really think, uh, you know, you have to root for the other teams in the same city. If you're going to be like the the Pittsburgh guy or the Pittsburgh person, Pittsburgh girl, um, I mean, it's cool. It's convenient, right? Like, you know, it makes like if you're a Pittsburgh, if you live there, like it makes like decorating your garage easier. You know what I mean? Like the color scheme is kind of set up for you. You know what I mean? Like everybody knows the like, what is it called? The hex color, you know, code or whatever scheme. Like I bet they know like what it is for the Penguins and the Steelers and the Pirates and everything. So. Shout out to them. Uh, the Eagles. So the only two players, correct me if I'm wrong, who they have retained so far in free agency, although retain implies like they were on the verge of going to another team. I, to your point, that was going to happen. But Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, there are four departures. Javon Hargrave left in free agency, uh, which is not shocking, but it was kind of shocking. Correct me if I'm wrong, where he chose to go. And that is the San Francisco 49ers, the team who was super duper noble about the way they lost the NFC championship game. Well, if only they had Javon Hargrave in that game, they would have won. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is a really good addition for them. And shout out to Stats. I, I, I totally forgot to mention Stats last week. When I was talking about guests, I was like, yeah, we've had we, we've only had so many guests on the show. You know, like Rick Devins, and I couldn't name another one. As if Stats wasn't just on the show recently. Uh, sorry, Stats. I know you're listening. Um, uh, and shout out to Rachel, who did a great job hosting last week, by the way. Lots of great feedback, feedback for Rachel last week, yeah. 
Um, yeah, Har- losing Hargrave sucks. I mean, really good player. Uh, how many guys do you really have in the NFL who can give you pass rush juice from the interior? Like he can, not many. And that's why he got upwards of, you know, over 20 million, like 21 million a year. Um, it's, I think it, the Eagles are just in a spot where um, you know, they, they have like 50 million in dead cap this year. That's kind of the price you have to pay when you do all these void years and you're pushing and you're restructuring contracts and you keep pushing money into the future. Eventually um, you can't kick the can down the road, like forever. Eventually those uh, chickens come home to roost. I'm kind of mixing metaphors here, but um, I I think the Eagles are taking a different approach to their last post Super Bowl era, where back then it was kind of like, we're just going to run it back for the most part. And here I think it's because of some of, some of it is because of the situation, the salary cap, necessitates this necessitates this that's that is that um they're not going to you know give this big money to a guy who is 30 plus and they're gonna try to rely on some of their younger talent i mean it's fair it's it's a bet to make though right like that's i don't know that this is the like consensus slam dunk thing to do you know what i mean like i think there's logic to it but yeah i mean it it has to suck i mean like watching him leave and watching him join another contender in fact like if i knew um i think this goes for everybody but like if i knew that the niners were going to have some stable quarterback play right like and like if we knew that brock Purdy was going to return and i don't i don't mean like just to win every game the way he had been uh but like if if we knew that he was going to return and just be kind of a stable quarterback like i think they'd be my pick to win the super bowl or at least win the nfc like wow like the only defense i trust and i include the cowboys in, in like the the group here to be like sustainably good or rather sustainably elite is the niners like obviously the eagles can do it the cowboys can do it like we've seen other teams do it but like i have more questions about any other team doing it we have seen that you know model of stability from the niners defense and they've lost obviously coordinators like you know and and managed to continue to kind of stay true to form so adding hargrave to that mix certainly i think is a rising tide that lifts all the boats and all the boats are already like it's like the buccaneers super bowl parade like they're all these like fancy expensive yachts like that's the boats that they're working there's kind of a I don't know if it's fully a cope take. This is more than 0% cope take out there that mm. it doesn't matter. A ton. This is not coming from me, to be clear. I'm just saying that I've seen put out there that it isn't the most meaningful thing that the Eagles are losing players on the defensive side of the ball because defense only goes so far anyway. And I do agree with that to the extent of that offense matters more. And I've always said that. And I've always believed in that. And having the quarterback in place, like, I believe the Eagles have a Super Bowl ceiling next season because they have Jalen Hurts and they have a lot of this offense, uh, a lot of good offensive pieces, and I think structure in place. I believe in that ceiling for them. Now, the part where like I can't minimize the loss of someone like Javon Hargrave and others is that like while the defense, you don't necessarily need that to guarantee you a championship. I mean, it did increase your margin for error, I feel like, and like was, was a big reason why you led the league in sacks and was a big reason why you set the franchise record for wins in a season with 14. So, you know, it's like you can't downplay these losses and say they don't matter at all. I, I don't think it, again, removes them from being a contender, but I think it lowers their chances significantly. Um, quick note while we're talking about this, um, everybody's dunking on the Jets. Right, like, cause how they're like, you know, moving heaven and earth for Aaron Rodgers. What are they doing? Uh, nice. Um, but um, I just, I'm while you were talking, Adam Schefter. That was a joke for visual listeners only. Sorry. Um, Adam Schefter tweeted out right now that Packers veteran free agent tight end Mercedes Lewis, 
who spent, and this is, I'm just reading his tweet word for word, who spent the past five seasons in Green Bay has drawn interest from amongst others, the New York Jets and Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> it's really pathetic. Uh, it's worth mentioning. How with old regards, is he? What? How old is he? He's like super old. Oh, dude. I think he was drafted in like 2006. Like, I mean, it's got to be a long I'm time ago. I guess he's 38. I'm, I'm guessing his draft year was 2006. I think he was on the Jaguars with David Garrard. Like, I think he was, like, that far back. Are you looking this up? Yeah, but, again, my scrolling is not working. Okay, it's I got terrible you. right don't now. Worry, don't he worry. is 38. I, I was right. When did when was he drafted? And then he oh, was drafted man. in I, 2006. Oh, my gosh. Are <laughs> we just – is this the greatest episode of the mixtape of all time? Like, wow. with how we're, we're dominating this? Wow. Um, I love so, that he has, like, a market and <laughs> – we're 38 year old teams are bidding over 38 year old Mercedes Lewis who has like what um how many like catches or yards or whatever recently he, well, had, he had 66 yards last year six catches for 66 yards teams are bidding over this guy so he was by the way on that 2007 Jaguars team I loved that team um but wow I mean it's amazing how many games he's played I mean, he has played at least 10 games in every single season of his career since 2006, except for 2014, when he only played in eight. I mean, that is stupid when you really think about it. But uh, to wow. your, do, do you know how many receptions he had last year? And he's garnering interest? Yeah, I just said that. I said six for 66. Yeah, but two of those six catches were for touchdowns. Um, there you go. Isn't, anyway. the whole, isn't the whole reason that Aaron Rodgers is leaving the Packers is to, like, go to the talent that the Jets have? Well, let's and, like, get it back to the Eagles because right. we've, we've strayed very far from. Anyway, um, so, okay, well, Javon Hargrave's leaving. Not ideal. TJ Edwards was actually, was he not the first free agent, right? To he was the first, pretty um, much, yeah. So and definitely from the Eagles. The He's joined the Bears. This is not an NFC North show. I mean, I guess it was a moment ago with the Packers, but man, the fact that they got Tremaine Edmonds as well, like, and the Bears are just having a, a week, dude, like trading out of number one overall. Like, I am so happy for Matt Eberflus. Um, But to man. kind of round out the Eagles, because we have a lot to get to. Yeah. Marcus Epps left for the Raiders and Andre Dillard left for the Titans. Uh, Hargrave's obviously the most impactful loss, uh, most significant loss. If you had to rank them, again, relative to impactfulness, who's two, three, and four between Edwards, Epps, and Dillard? I'd say Edwards maybe number one. Epps after that, and Dillard obviously is uh, like indisputably last uh, as a backup who wasn't going to play here and only played seven games. I think or seven starts for the Eagles as a first round pick, not what you want. And I think that's a curious signing by Tennessee, but whatever. It helps towards the Eagles comp pick formula ultimately, so they'll take it. Uh, I think T.J. Edwards is the only deal from the deals that were handed out there that I kind of like would have done. If I were the Eagles, I think that's the, like, you look at the Hargrave one, you're like, okay, I understand why, you know, he didn't pay that, couldn't pay that. Epps, probably a little bit overpaid. I think he ended up something as like the 20th safety or around there. Um, with Edwards, part of the thing there is that he's from the Chicago area. So maybe that was a factor. Maybe there was similar money between uh, Philly and Chicago, and he just wanted to go home and play for the Bears, where he grew up uh, rooting for that team. So, uh, that's a bit of a surprise, and, and it's not like he got crazy money. The linebacker market has really not been, except for Edmonds, really, has really not been, like, insane. Mm -hmm. So kind of a bummer. They lost him. Uh, but, yeah, between Hargrave, Edwards, and Epps, that's three defensive starters. You know, James Bradbury and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson are still out there as of this record. It's very possible they lose both or at least one more. Uh, so, you know, again, it's not ideal. 
a lot of turnover. You have a new defensive coordinator here, new coaching staff in general, like new linebackers coach. Um, you can have new cornerbacks coach. Uh, yeah, so that's this is what this is what always was in store for the Eagles this offseason. They're going to lose a lot of coaches and players. Um, one of the big time linebacker moves happened in the NFC East. We'll get there, but I would say the biggest like market driver, if there is one, is his teammate Tremaine Edmonds. You know what I mean? Like that was kind of the whoa, he got paid thing. Uh, as I fight off a sneeze, man. Um, really just let you suffer there. I lost. Yeah, I lost to the sneeze, but I did hit mute at least. Um, so shout out to me. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that like, and I don't mean this in like a trolley way, but like, I don't know that there's a win for the Eagles yet in free agency. I mean, you know, there's, I mean, you, you've brought back Chase and Kelsey. I think that's probably like the biggest win. That's the biggest like sigh of relief. The Brandon Graham thing, I, again, not in a disrespectful way at all. I think it's just kind of incidental. Like, it's just kind of, okay, you know, cool. This makes sense. Um, it's good they didn't lose him. Yeah. Right. And the, the losses were predictable, but they certainly still hurt. Um, I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, as we get ready to move to the Cowboys, the the last like kind of big like, okay, we're waiting to see where this goes is the Chauncey Gardner-Johnson thing, right? Like if, if he leaves, then it's okay. Now we have to regroup whatever. If he leaves or if he stays, then it's like, okay, now we got this one. Let's move forward. We don't have to worry about this position. Oh, I guess the last thing, um, since you nodded and agreed with me again for the audio listeners, uh, update on the Darius Slay thing. So since we last recorded, um, he there was a report that he wanted out of Philly. Um I think the Philly Inquirer said this was probably as good as done that he's probably definitely not going to return to the Eagles again. I, I don't, I don't want to you know, speak and be wrong. I don't know like, if Jeff McLean like would stand by that tweet. I think he's, that was sent out a little bit like right after the news broke. And since right. then, I think it's very, not to say there's a 0% chance he gets traded, but my read on the situation, uh, Slay said he did not request a trade and he's also been transparent that he does want an extension. Now um, I think the Eagles are kind of handling this where it's like, okay, if you want an extension, let's kind of gauge what that would be based on what the market would be. So Drew Rosenhaus, you have the permission to kind of go out there and see what other teams might pay you or your client, Darius Slay. And then like, so get some feedback in that regard and then come back to us. And then maybe we can make something work. So we'll see uh, how that works out. There is a chance, I guess that um, the Eagles don't want to extend him and Slay does want the money and something has to happen. I just don't really think the Eagles really want to give Slay away because it doesn't, it only clears up like 3 million in cap space. And also what are they going to get for him? I mean, Jalen Ramsey just went for a three and a, a player. Like they're not going to get much for Slay. Uh, they only traded, I think what, like two thirds or whatever it was a few years ago for Slay. So I just don't really think there's going to be a big return. I just wanted to uh, tie a bow in the conversation on the Eagles part here by mentioning that uh, part of what is significant about the players they lost is that they have free agents at the other starting position at those positions, like Fletcher Cox, also still a free agent. Uh, Kaiser White, also still a free agent. Chauncey Garner-Johnson, as you mentioned, also a free agent. So, you know, in theory, there could be kind of some more pressure to sign some of these guys, or if you don't... Like these, then these players have, like, a new level of leverage, is what you're saying. Like, with uh, these other players. If they, right. Potentially, uh, if want to keep them. But if not, then they need two new starters. <laughs> and they, they do have some in-house options. Reed Blankenship is a, is a candidate to start at safety. Jordan Davis, obviously, defensive tackle. Then N'Kobe Dean is the big player to watch at linebacker. So it's not like the cupboard is barren here. Uh, but the point is, like, how he has a lot of work to do. And I don't think it was ever going to be at the top of the market, you know, signing big players. It's kind of going to have to be, like, being smart about uh, doing bargain bin shopping and maybe looking for trades out there in the in the vein of a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson deal, a player who might be on like the last year or two of his deal and he's not going to resign with that team, so they're willing to deal him, so something like that. Mm. 
Uh, wow. So he's got work to do, but here he is toasting with Jason Kelsey and just that was at the combine. I mean, come on. That was pre-recorded. Just, geez, dude. I it was mean, pre-recorded. You know, I know. I know. It's a joke. Um, hmm. uh, no joking here. I, I didn't see, but I was assuming somebody was going to like Google. I don't know if he said, um, but Google the bottle and see how much it was like, how, like what the worth of the bottle was. I have to imagine it was, um, not cheap, but, um, yeah. Hey, uh, okay. So my last question, then we'll get to the Cowboys. Who is, um, one player who you or and it could be a re-signing, but one player who you hope has a deal with the Eagles this time next week. Oh man. Like, like, is there like, but you have to limit it to one. Like, is there like a wish list? Like one player again, whether it's a trade external free agent signing, re-signing like the one thing you one player you want to have a locker, um, at the Eagles facility that did not get a great, great by the NFLPA thing. You know, to be honest, I don't have that. I'm not like, I don't think I'm mentally there yet from a standpoint of care. Like I still, I'm taking my, very much taking my time getting into caring about 2023 other than literally just doing the the here and present and being there for that. But like, I can't say, wow, the Eagles got Bobby Wagner or John Johnson. I'm fired up. Let's go. Let's start the season mm-hmm. right now. Like, no, I still need mm-hmm. some time with it. So I don't care um, at all. I was just up from 4 a.m. to midnight for no reason whatsoever. Well, I'm um, working here. Okay. I'm in the uh, present. I'm just saying I can't look to the future yet. The Dallas Cowboys, um, once again, it's uh, Tuesday. Uh, now it's 12.20 p.m. Central Standard Time, have lost three players. Unlike the Eagles, the Cowboys do have a player on the franchise tag. So do the New York Giants. Like I said, we'll get to them. Uh, but Tony Pard was tagged. That happened before the episode last week, obviously. Um, not a shock, not a surprise in any way, shape, or form. The Cowboys did get on the board with another returnee. I mean, you can call Pollard a returnee. Twice technically going to be a free agent. And the tag is whatever it is. It goes in its own unique category. Uh, but about an hour and a half before we started this recording, safety Donovan Wilson um, agreed to return to the Cowboys on a three-year, $24 million deal. The exact numbers aren't totally in yet, but it kind of looks like a two-year deal. Um, it, it seems like all the guarantees are in the first two years. Uh, it felt like the Cowboys were going to lose Donovan. Uh, they gave both J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker each a two-year deal a year ago in free agency. This is a Cowboys team. Uh, that historically has not really devoted any kind of serious resource to the safety position. Yet here we are in back-to-back off seasons with three different players um, getting a second contract with the team. Donovan Wilson was a sixth-round draft pick in 2019, in case anybody is unaware, uh, which means the Cowboys now have two players from that draft class who got a second deal with the team in him and Tony Pollard. Um, that was the draft where they didn't have their first, obviously, with the Amari Cooper trade. But um this was big. I mean, th- this was really, really big. He's the tone setter for the defense. Um, tone setter on the back end. He led the team in tackles. I don't put a lot of stock into that, but some people do. Um, so this was a big, big, big get. The other big fish, kind of like, I guess, like flapping in the ocean, um, is Leighton Vanderish. So we'll see if the Cowboys are able to retain him. To your point, though, the linebacker market kind of working out for Dallas in that sense. Maybe he's not, you know, if you're on an offer he really likes. Uh, but Donovan Wilson coming back. They have lost, as of this moment, three players. Uh, Connor McGovern, uh, he is one of two Connor McGoverns who uh, was a free agent this offseason, is headed to the Buffalo Bills. Looks like he's in line to start there. Luke Gifford also um, headed to Tennessee, uh, so joining Andre Dillard there, uh, kind of a special teams player for Dallas. And Noah Brown, who was an amazing return on investment. It was a seventh-round draft pick in 2017, really just kind of stuck around, fought his way, um it's not his fault that the cowboys relied on him too much this past season um but he is now leaving to join the houston texans um so they're down three players and i don't think anybody's like devastated by the three that they've lost at this point how would you grade the wilson deal um 
Well, it's funny you ask that because we actually have a poll um, at blogontheboys.com um, in the article. Mm, it's almost like uh, I, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I put letter grades on the poll. Um, so, like, there was no, like, plus or minus. Like, I have no problem giving it an A minus, B plus uh, situation. Um, okay. I mean, like, if, I, I don't, like, it's impossible to do, like, an A plus. Sort of. Like, I would give the Dolphins trading of Jalen Ramsey an A plus. You know what I mean? Just because it's so little for an elite player. But some of that is, like, circumstantial. Like, he wanted to play for the Dolphins specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, again, if, if I'm, like, being super picky, it's like maybe you could have paid a tad less. But um, he's such an important player to this team and to this defense. Um, I do think that had Dan Quinn left, he would have followed him. Donovan would have, at least. I mean, they are mm. very, very tied together. It's Dan Quinn who's been all about, you know, this utilization of three safeties. And and that's, you know, like dropping them down, you know, kind of playing some linebacker. Um, and, and so at Donovan Wilson is a very important piece in his defense. So I'm happy to see that he's returning. Plus, he went to Texas A&M. So he's a wise man. To kind of oversimplify evaluating, I guess, safeties and linebackers sometimes, like these defensive playmakers, because uh, I think a lot of it goes into like name recognition and that can kind of get lost. Whereas, like, I want to see plays being made. Like, inter- let's look at the interception numbers. Let's look at the forced fumble numbers. Um, you know, I guess you can throw sacks in there. He had five last year. And, you know, he's, he's decent in that regard. Had an interception last year, had two forced fumbles and five sacks. So, uh, and then seven TFLs as well, nine quarterback hits. Uh, I'm looking at the safety money. He sees at eight million a year, right? Um, it depends on how you look at it. I mean, like I'm saying, we don't have the full. Well, it was three details. for twenty four, right? Technically, but they uh, hang on. I'm pulling up the exact. Uh, so it's three for well, twenty four. Well, up to twenty four. That puts um, him like above Marcus May, who is uh, was at seven and a half last year. Just, it's around just like for, Tracy Walker. Just for context, the first two years are fully guaranteed at 13 and a half. So you could kind of mm-hmm. call it like almost seven. You know what I mean? Like, again, they, they, again, the, the details aren't out, but they probably have an out after that second year, which is important to, for context. It's a market rate quarterback for our or contract. Sorry, for a player of his position is what I would say. Um, It's a big it's deal. Not a bargain. It's not an overpay. It's just the, it's what the market would dictate he's paid um among defensive backs um against the run last year um this is according to our friends at true media he finished eighth in terms of tackles on designed rushing plays um the top two were jalen petrie and jonathan owens so both houston texans uh richie grant third grant delpit fourth buddha baker fifth rayshon jakin sixth derwin james sixth uh there was a tie for six sorry um donovan wilson eighth I mean, that that's his thing, like, is just chaos. Again, I, I call him the tone setter. Like, he's not a ball-hawking – who is a ball-hawking safety? Like, there's no Ed Reed in the NFL right Brian now. Brian Dawkins. Okay, okay, there's no Ed Reed in the NFL right now. Like, like that's that's what he is. He is a, a thumper. Like, he, he is he is there to, to just inflict pain and havoc, and that's what I think he does well. Well, it's a family show. I don't know why you need to say that. But uh, he had a 69 69- – uh, speaking of family show 69 of uh, passer rating allowed last season so that's a number you'd like to see he, i feel he like anecdotally in, in was pass it, coverage it was not great early on in his career I, I i could be wrong but i feel like Devontae was working him in that second uh cowboys game am i wrong i about mean that? i feel like the cowboys were getting worked in in pass coverage in general um but that's again I, i'm not like I'm not paying Donovan Wilson for his pass coverage abilities. That's, you know, what I think is important to note here. 
Um, any of these losses, are you like, yes, the Cowboys lost Connor McGovern? I'm really glad we don't have to see Luke Gifford again in Philly. That's a big deal. Um, Connor McGovern is an interesting thing. I, I mentioned Tyron Smith. Um, so it, it seems like he is going to return. That's still not official. Um, the Cowboys have restructured three contracts, by the way, at present time. They have restructured Dak Prescott's deal. He's also in line for an extension, which will obviously also help massage the salary cap situation. They've also restructured Zach Martin's deal and most recently Michael Gallup's. They have not touched Tyron yet. That does feel like a, a, a domino that will fall at some point. Um, but with Connor McGovern out, he was their starting left guard for most of the season, obviously with Tyler Smith playing left tackle. Um, so the presumed starting lineup left to right is Tyron, Tyler, and then the rest is normal. Tyler Biotis, Zach Martin, Terrence Steele, who the Cowboys were saying will be ready for training camp. They did place a second-round tender on him, by the way. Um, now the question becomes is what happens if and when Tyron, or anyone for that matter, but Tyron gets hurt. Okay, well, Tyler kicks out to left tackle. Who's playing left guard? They, they don't have any real – that's what Connor McGovern was. He was some interior depth for them, and so they don't have that anymore. So that's a position they'll have to address um, either later on in free agency or throughout the draft. Yep. You know, not a, not a very juice, juicy uh, free agency to this point as we're recording this for the Eagles and Cowboys in terms of additions. Is there is there a juicy – right before we break, is there a juicy like thing in across the entire NFL? Like is there something that you were like, whoa – this league not really i mean yeah the Rodgers is thing? the thing that's dominating the headlines nationally the, the rogers thing is so that. insignificant though like it's so predictable that it's boring well i mean you should be happy about it considering that i i was mentioning this earlier NFC. and then you were like let's get back to the eagles but the nfc east plays the AFC well, east i agree game. i'm not trying to bring so, it up uh by the way the minnesota vikings have restructured kirk cousins i saw that uh mm-hmm. so um he's not going anywhere so shout out to kirk great um, good wow. keep him in the conference uh let's take a break and then we will talk about the quarterback that kirk cousins lost to in the playoffs another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. While we were gone, Brandon, you told me something that I should make in my new grill that was not pulled pork or salmon. And what was that thing that you said? I think you should make a grilled pizza. I actually really want to do that. Um, yep. Like there are people who do that. And I thought about, um, I guess this is appropriate for today, but like baking a pie from there. Like I don't see sure. why you couldn't. So um, like I've seen people do some cinnamon roll stuff. So um, I had a pizza the other day that you said actually looked good. I got the BLG seal of approval. When was that? What was that? Uh, I, I posted it on my Instagram story and um, it was at mm. Pyology, not a sponsor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, you know, what was the difference maker um, for anyone who's unaware Pyology is kind of like a subway for pizzas. Like you go in and you just like, I want this, I want that or whatever. Well, I did it, say, quote, actually looks solid question mark. That, right, right, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, but that's, that's a compliment from is, yeah. in BLG's language. Uh, but um, I went fresh jalapenos. That, that was Ooh. a huge difference. Like, I mean, I, I was so pumped when I first saw the pickled ones and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I saw the fresh ones. I was like, no way. I can't do it. I got to go fresh ones. And it was like every bite was like a splash. It was amazing. 
I think jalapeno just is the, per I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I just think it's the perfect combination of heat and flavor. It just has everything you want. It's just, it's the right level. And that, I think that's, that's such the, a key when it comes to spicy food is getting that right balance. Cause you it can't just be hot. Cause anyone can make mm -hmm. just some, anything that's like super hot, mm -hmm. but that's not the mm -hmm. point. It's supposed to be the balance mm -hmm. of heat and flavor. I think the jalapeno typically does a really good execution of that. And I think, I don't know. I haven't had this. I think I've had it before. Oh, wait. Wait, am I thinking of this right? I'm thinking of like, I, I think I've definitely had a jalapeno and pepperoni pizza. But I was thinking, I want to. I think I might want to try a jalapeno and pineapple pizza. I'm not like a big pineapple and pizza guy, but I want to try that combination and see if it's any good. So um, this was what I put on my pizza, just for perspective, uh, pizza perspective. Um, maybe I deleted the picture. I would be upset if I did. Uh, it was really kind of a great day. We took my son to get his first haircut, and then it was right next door. So we like got the haircut and pizza. Um, so I put um, pepperoni. I put onion. I got some heat from people um, for putting onion on there. Um, oh, I put spinach crazy. leaves. It's not something I, would have, I would do, but I would have. I could have done without the spinach leaves in retrospect, but they looked good in in the aisle. Um, I should have put some shallots, but I didn't. Um, I put bacon, grilled chicken, pepperoni, the um, jalapeno. And I think that was it. Um, so this is like it a was supreme pizza, basically. My uh, my friend Noah had a take that I'm curious if you agree with. Here's the pizza for anyone who's curious. Um, wow. he, yeah, that looks good. He said a low-key great sign that a pizza is delicious is that it's misshaped, like that it's not perfectly round. I thought that was a really excellent point. I mean, sort of, yeah, there's, I think there's some truth to that because it's, yeah, yeah I mean, not I'm not just, saying it's like uh, a blanket, you know, fact, but like, it's kind of a, a, you know, a fun little thing. Yep. Also uh, sauce on top cheese on the bottom. Also, um, going to do jalapeno poppers in the grill. I love a jalapeno popper. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, congratulations to you, Brandon. You were right. Rachel and I were wrong. She and I both thought that Daniel Jones would be playing or at least would be on the franchise tag at this time when we had the prediction portion of last week's show. Um, you said that he would have a new deal. He did get one. Four years, $160 million. Um, am I doing that math right? Yeah. Four years, $160 million, uh, $40 million a year. He's making exactly what Dak Prescott is making currently. Um, a lot of people had a lot of takes on this. Uh, we're here to talk for agency, but I think we have to offer some thoughts up here at least. My take is, I, I understand that Daniel Jones is not even, you know, whoever. I mean, like, he's, I don't know, maybe like that 11th, 12th best quarterback in the NFL. Who cares? Like, th you have, this is market rate. Like, if you want that guy, you have to pay more. Like, I don't understand. I understand that, like, we want to have fun and we want to make our jokes and get dunks off or whatever. But, like, this makes sense for the Giants to do. And they were able to retain Saquon Barkley, who, spoiler alert, is on the tag himself. So, like, this is a win for the Giants as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm kind of maybe a little bit closer to where you are than where everyone was dunking on it. I get why Eagles fans would have that opinion because they, they've really never, oh, at least last year, they haven't really necessarily struggled to beat Daniel Jones. I know he's beaten them in the past, but it's not like he had like great games, like some of those games he didn't even play well. Um, so like from an Eagles perspective, there's no fear of him. And it does on the surface seem a little crazy that right now, he does have the what one two three four five six seventh highest paid annual value tied with uh, Dak as you mentioned and Matt that, Stafford. That'll be like tenth or eleventh when the regular season starts. Uh, yeah, maybe you know with Burrow and Hertz, and we'll see what happens with Lamar and everything and Herbert. Uh, and a Dak but, extension. Yeah, I mean, I I don't want to say, I feel like people are acting like it's an F minus move, and I don't I don't think it's that, and I think that's what you're also saying. I don't think it's an A plus move either. Yeah. Somewhere in between, it's there. a B. 
I mean, I I do think like we haven't necessarily seen the best of Daniel Jones. You have to consider the Giants were considerably banged up last year. Like they were like I just remember following along with their their injury reports. I you know I check out all the NFC East uh, SB Nation blogs every day, and I put those links in the link post each morning. And I just remember seeing like this guy's hurt, this guy's hurt. I mean, they got so banged up at wide receiver specifically, a position they entered the season very thin to begin with. Like they're playing like Marcus Johnson out there, who was on the Eagles practice squad once upon a time. Like they weren't working with a ton. And then the offensive line has obviously been a huge work in progress um, throughout the years. So uh, like I think it's possible that I think Daniel Jones reasonably he played like reasonably well relative to what he could have done. Like what more did you really want him to do he went out and he won a playoff game on the road like it doesn't mean i think the giants are going to win the super bowl anytime soon and uh i've said before this is a big kind of fork in the road off season for them in terms of needing to make these decisions and then we'll see if they can actually support daniel jones with like a difference making wide receiver that could kind of boost him the way that certainly aj brown has helped boost jalen hurts so can they do all that? That remains to be seen. But I don't I don't think this is the worst path they could have taken. But I also don't think, again, like, oh, no, I'm scared of Daniel Jones and the Giants. Um, I, I mean, I agree with that entirely. Like, I mean, and if, if we call it a B move, right? I mean, people are like, well, it's not an A plus, so it's stupid. It's like, whoa, like, you know, chill out a little bit. Like, so all told, great move, I think, um, for the Giants contextually with their situation with Brian Dable, with where they're at understanding like what else were they supposed you know, to do like what did you want right. them to do jimmy garoppolo i don't know i mean like like trade for lamar stupid. like that's not that's not a guarantee anyway because the offer sheet like i don't and then you can't just base your offseason around that because they had to make this um, saquon like i don't i don't know um i'm gonna read you a tweet that i just saw i mean this is kind of a like react to stuff as it's happening episode um, this is going to, you're going to love this. Um, ESPN's Diana Rossini just tweeted, Aaron Rodgers has provided the New York Jets with a wish list of free agents he would like them to target and acquire per sources. It includes Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Mercedes Lewis, and Odell Beckham Jr. Wow. Odell Beckham Jr. He's <laughs> finally going to sign with the team after 150 billion stories on him. Wow. Um. So- yeah. Um, I mean, what, what, like, again, I don't mean to keep making this about this, but like, what's the, like, do you not like Garrett Wilson? Like, <laughs> do, do you, do you not like Denzel Mims? Like, you know, do you not like Elijah Moore? Like, what's, well, I don't think Denzel Mims should be a factor. I mean, but like, still, like, if Alan Lazard is a factor, you know what I mean? Like, you, it can't, like, this is just, I don't know. This is a, an interesting time in the NFL. So, um, Anyway, um, so Giants kept Daniel Jones, long-term deal done. Saquon Barkley got the tag. I feel like that's just kind of, it is what it is. Um, they're bringing Sterling Shepard back. Um, they're bringing Gerard Davis back. They're bringing Jamie Gillen back, their punter. They have two outside additions so far, at least that we saw when we were doing our notes for the show. Uh, Rakeem Nunez Roaches from the Buccaneers and the big one, Bobby Okariki from the Indianapolis Colts. So uh, they are looking to strengthen that defense, which has not been great in recent seasons. I do think Bobby Okariki is their best linebacker since who? <laughs> like, I mean, I guess you could say Blake Martinez in there, but I, I don't know. That is short-lived. It's on a really bad team. I'm trying to think, okay, and if it's him, what about before that? Like, what? who was the last good Giants linebacker? 
Lawrence Taylor? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. It's been a long time. Maybe I'm forgetting someone from the Super Bowl runs. Um, I don't know. I don't think uh, this guy, Bobby Okariki, it is, right? Mm-hmm. Okariki. Uh, it's a tough name to look at and then not want me to botch. When it's I one of those, t- like, I, I'm so happy that Jimmy Garoppolo has never played for the Cowboys. Like, I always forget how to spell it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Okariki is, is up there. It's too. one R, two P's, I think, for Garoppolo. I think, yeah, I think uh, that's correct. But that took a long time for me as well. Yeah, I mean, again, so what did I say earlier about Donovan Wilson? It, it comes down to, I want to see a guy who makes plays. Okay, so he has three career interceptions in 64 games. Not amazing. Didn't have any last year. Um, uh, what about four stumbles? Had two last year. Okay, has four in his career. Not amazing, but not terrible. Um, I saw he was good relatively he's always been kind of good in coverage only six or uh, 91.3 pass rating allowed um previous years were at 94.9 89.7 97.3 so he's always been decent in that area his missed tackle percentage is also relatively low so again i don't think this is an a plus signing for them but i think it's a solid addition and it's it's the best linebacker they've had i feel like in quite some time Uh, that's just like that's been a constant issue for them for years just like they've had no pass rush just like they've had no offensive line linebacker has been a position where they've just been like totally weak and eagles have been able to take advantage of it uh that was like a huge exploit going into the playoff game was like dallas Goddard's gonna have a big game because they don't have any linebackers who can cover them now maybe they do um i mean just to use the same measurement that i used when you talked about donovan wilson um so this is uh again according to true media this is tackles on uh design rushing plays this past season but i just sorted it by linebackers only number one is roquan smith i don't think that's a shock uh number two is rashawn evans jordan brooks is third drew tranquil is also tied for third zaire franklin also from the colts is fifth foy alakoon from the jaguars was sixth and bobby okariki tied with nick bolton at seventh um so um i i I mean, again, like I'm, I'm not like boom, trump card, whatever. But like, you know, the fact that you've got two Colts linebackers here, kind of like you had two Colts defensive backs. I'm sorry, two Texans defensive backs. Like a lot of teams running up against the Colts, right? Like, you know, you get up to early leads and it's like, let's just run the ball. So like, you're naturally going to have more tackles. Um, but still, like, that's, I mean, if that's what their priority is, like he's, like he's good at that. You know what I mean? So, um, I think this is a good move. I think the Giants have. I think like the jury's a little bit out on the Eagles and the Cowboys right now, right? As far as free agency is concerned, I think the Giants are objectively better. Um, I think they still need to add some playmaking, you know, players on offense, but they had to take care of, of Jones and Barkley first. That was you know, a big priority. So if they can add, you know, okay, cool, Sterling Shepard, but like, you know, we finally saw the receiver market, you know, see a domino. I've said the, the phrase domino fall a lot this episode, but Jacoby Myers signed or agreed to terms today uh, on Tuesday. So like, what, where's Miko Hardman going to end up? Like, what, where are all these other players going to end up? Like, if the Giants can get some sort of infusion of talent on offense, and like, you know, this is a division that hasn't had a repeat champion since 2004. And like, is that I true? don't, I mean, I don't see why the, the Giants can't be in the mix for that. Like, I, you know, I, I feel way less confident in the idea of regression coming from them the way I thought I would feel. You know what I'm saying? And we, we kind of felt that way mid season, right? We said, like, are they really going to blow this? Are they really going to fall apart when they kind of like stopped the skid and they, you know, established themselves? So I think they're better than they were when the season ended. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And again, for any kind of um, regression working against them, I think they're due for some in terms of luck, like I said, injury luck specifically and what they had there. I don't know what they're going to do at receiver because I think they need that guy, that difference kind of making, or at least someone who is approaching that. And it doesn't feel like that's really going to be out there for them in free agency. 
And I don't really, I, I think I've said this before. I don't think you can just rely on, oh, we'll get someone in the late first and that'll be the guy. I mean, it could happen in theory, but I don't think that's like a good plan. It can't be your plan. It can't be just like, we're going to draft a receiver and he's going to be awesome from the jump. Right. That is not a good strategy to take. Uh, I, I, mean, I feel like it has to be trade, but I don't know who that would be. Maybe it would be. Maybe he's a little bit too old for their timeline, but DeAndre Hopkins, maybe it's something like that. But I think Daniel Jones needs that kind of guy. You um you didn't ask me the question that I asked you, like who's the one like person or player or whatever you want, like trade, whatever. DeAndre yeah, Hopkins. De- well, DeAndre Hopkins is my answer for the Cowboys. Like you trade for DeAndre Hopkins, like you send a day two pick. Cool. Like I'm very happy. You know what I mean? Like at, th- at that point, like we can figure it like from a Cowboys angle, it's like you've got CeeDee Lane, you got DeAndre Hopkins, you know, th- like to your point, like if you're just, even if you draft like one of like, I would love for the Cowboys to draft like Jackson Smith and Jigba, right? We, I've talked about that, but like, even if you're the Giants and you draft JSN, it's like, okay, well that there's still a lot of question there, right? Like, like you don't know how great he's going to be right away. He needs help. Um, So like that situation is a little bit different, but like, as opposed to the Cowboys hypothetical line weaving, it's like you have CD Lamb and DeAndre Hopkins. You can figure everything out. Like that, that's enough of a base to sort of build around. So right. um, that's my answer. We'll see where Hop ends up, though. Um, are we ready to move on to the Giants? I'm sorry, the Commanders. Yep. Okay. So they uh, we mentioned how TJ Edwards was the first uh, free agent to agree to terms with the new team. Deron Payne was the first player to receive the franchise tag this offseason, but it no longer exists because he agreed to terms uh, or he already established a long term contract with the team. Uh, making more money than any defensive tackle not named Aaron Donald. Pretty big deal. It's a very big deal. And it was a a, a deal that once I saw that happen, it was like, well, this is definitely goodbye to Javon Hargrave because he knew I knew Hargrave was getting more than that money. Um, I don't know how I totally feel about this because they kind of dragged their feet on pain for a bit there. Uh, it feels like, you know, they were talking about contract for a while and then they had to end up using the tag. And like... It's a good player, but is he, is he like, is he worth this kind of money? Is he is, is that is he that level of a difference? Like, how many like fans of non Commanders teams? Like, how is it? How many times are you like, wow, we really need to stop Deron Payne? I mean, I think we've had that conversation. Like when the Cowboys or Eagles have been playing them, it's like, what are you most worried about? It's like, uh, Deron Payne, you know. But and like some of that is just like they don't have a lot of other things, right? But like. I mean, well, you would say that I would say John Allen before Deron Payne. Okay, so like Deron Payne is at worst the second best player on that team, third best maybe. If you throw, if you think Terry McLaurin's a better receiver than you think oh, Deron, I, it's like yeah, I, I think Deron Payne is a better defensive tackle than I think Terry McLaurin is a receiver, and that's because mm-hmm. I think very highly of Terry McLaurin. You know what I'm saying? Like I think Deron. So Payne, why? Why do you think that? I think he's one of the best defensive tackles in the why? NFL. What is he good at? I mean, he, well, <laughs> <laughs> what do you like? What do you mean? Like that's such a like. He is like I'm pulling. You can't this answer up. the question. Well, hang on, I'm I'm buying myself time to pull this yeah, you're up. Trying to look up the numbers. Well, why would you not do that? Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. I happen to have this um, update. He has right now. zero force fumbles in the last two years. Okay, he's coming off 11.5 sack season, so that's pretty good. He did make the yeah. Pro Bowl, but like that's like it's a career year. Like that's the thing though. They were reluctant to kind of pay him before that. He goes out. He kind of performs in this. What was that fifth year option year? Kind of he played on. Mm-hmm. He goes out like, is the, are they paying for? Is he truly ascending? Are they paying for past performance? He's only entering his age twenty six season, so that is a good thing. But I don't know. Again, I don't. I don't think this is like. I mean, you paid premium price. Is this a premium player? But I mean, I think it's kind of Daniel Jones's Daniel Jones ish. Like, what was the alternative? You know what I mean? Like that is. If, if I mean, Washington other, has that's a, so, a big difference though. Like you if, have to have a quarterback. If Washington has a strength. It's the interior of their defensive line. 
right? Like, and maybe wide receivers like on the way of challenging that with McLaurin and, and Jahan Dotson, right? But like the strength is inarguably the interior of their defensive line. And it was kind of like what propelled them to that division title, that fluky one, albeit um, in 2020. Like that's what they have. Like that's their one thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what you're saying is like, hey, you're a pizza shop. Why aren't you making burgers? Why aren't you making chicken tenders? They're like, Brandon, we're making pizza pies. It's National Pie Day. You wanted pizza pie with fresh jalapeno. This is what we got. This is what we're good at. We're sticking to it. He is the second highest paid defensive tackle now, only behind right. Aaron Donald and way behind Aaron Donald, by the way. Literally, literally the literally the words I said when I started this conversation. Aaron Donald at 31.7. Crazy. And then Tron Payne is at 22.5. As you said, as I said that you said. But like I, I just wonder like, are you like how much are you putting into this past season? Like is this is he definitely the player he was this past season and not the player in the first four years of his career where he only had five sacks and then he only had two sacks, and then he only had three sacks, and then he only had four and a half sacks. He has this big jump in a contract year. I, I just like, are you paying for the outlier season? I guess that's what I'm asking, what I'm wondering. Maybe. I don't have a problem with this. I mean, they had the flexibility, you know, I, I, maybe, you, you know, you prefer they, they move forward on the tag, but whatever. Like, I don't think this is worth like freaking, I'm not saying you're freaking out, but I don't think this is worth like having a passionate take against um, something. I know that you feel passionate about the commanders actually have what now um, they have four new players. Cause they also brought back David Mayo and Danny Johnson. Um, so they claimed Cameron Dantzler from the Minnesota Vikings. They signed Nick Gates from the Giants. They signed Cody Barton from the Seahawks. But notably, they signed a tackle who did not allow a single sack in the Super Bowl in Andrew Wiley. Wow. What a get. Yeah, I mean, this is a bad move, in my opinion. He, he, Andrew Wiley allowed the fourth most sacks in the NFL last year. Had the game of his life, apparently, in the Super Bowl. Uh, it can, against, it can uh, be true that he had the game of his life. Like, in addition to other I things mean, being true. what is the more likely thing? That he had the game of his life or the but what field, you're, what, which was what you're suggesting causing... is that, like, he could have, like, the end, that you or I could have performed the same way he did during the Super Bowl. I just think it was very apparent that Hassan Reddick was slipping and sliding out there. Hassan Reddick, who had 19 and a half sacks. Pull up the games, pull up the box score in the game log for that game. How many sacks suddenly did Andrew got Wiley shut have? down entirely? Did you by, see his T-shirt at the parade? Zero sacks by Andrew Wiley, who allowed the fourth most sacks in the NFL among offensive tackles last season. I just have a little bit of a tough time believing that is truly the case. So yeah, I don't. I really don't love that addition for them because I think. He was a weak point. The Chiefs are clearly not like, we're not dying to keep him. So, yeah, I think that is not the best move. And So, uh, so hold up. What if, because he plays for the Commanders now, and so the Eagles get to play him in Philly, right? All right, so, we'll see. No, no but what, what if Hassan Reddick doesn't have a single sack against him in Philly? Well, on, on the on the flip side, what if he has, like, a bunch, and then it's like, oh, wow, well, this okay. does prove well, everything. Well, so, like, but what if he has none? That's That was my question. That was my first question. Well, then I guess that'll speak to Andrew Wiley owning Hassan Reddick. But if he had, if, if Reddick has a ton, then again, that proves that the field was a huge factor and it was garbage, and I don't want to relive that. Mm. Wow. Shout out to Andrew Wiley. Um, so, okay. The Their offensive line now, new... by the way, now is Charles Leno at left tackle, Andrew Norwell at left guard, Chase Roulier at center, uh, Sam Cosme at right guard, and then Wiley at right tackle. Could be worse. So, I mean, like, it's 
I mean, where's some old guys in there? Like Charles Leno is above 30, right? I think uh, so is Norwell. So that's something to keep an eye on. Um, I, um, I don't, I don't know what I make of the fact that like, so the Jimmy Garoppolo stuff happens, he's going to L, uh, to Vegas, whatever, but like, it was just the Raiders and Texans that he was connected to. Right. And we haven't seen, correct me if I'm wrong. We haven't seen any other like starting caliber quarterbacks. I know, you know, obviously Derek Carr already signed, but like, that's it. Right. Carr and Garoppolo are the only kind of like starters that have found new homes. Is that correct? I'm forgetting somebody. Um, so. right. So how have, uh, that's true. Um, how have none of them been connected to the commanders? Like, are they really, truly this in on Sam Hell? I think so, which is kind of weird. From a, I was thinking about this, right? Like, this, like, this morning, how, how are they not like? How are they not connected? Like, even in the mix for the free agent quarterback options. Did you mention Heineke is gone? I feel like you should have mentioned that. No, I'm getting to that point. But so okay. Taylor Heineke left for the the. I was super bummed for Taylor Heineke because he joined the Atlanta Falcons. So it, he can't ever beat them now. So he can't get Jordans in those. Those are the best colors to get Jordans in the Falcons colors, right? Like, you know, mm. red, black, and white. So now he can't get them. Wow. Devastating. Um, <laughs> I was thinking how weird it is from a timeline standpoint for Rivera that you're kind of just like, you know what I mean? Cause he needs to win. You would think, right. He's like approaching the end I, of his deal. And now like we're just going to put the eggs in the basket of Sam Howell, who I think, you know, Okay some intrigue there some level of promise but it's not a situation where you would want to put all your eggs in that basket you could put a couple in there but i don't think you want to put a majority of them even but i guess they probably just feel burned by the wentz thing they don't want to go the veteran route again i don't know that's even so Jameis winston's returning to new orleans and i'm not saying like had they signed Jameis winston it's like oh boom you're in business but like how are you not connected to anybody here like yeah, Jacoby they have Brissett, to sign maybe? someone right that's what i'm saying like like how how is there nobody that is you know in well, the baker mix baker would be like i think a good guy for them to take a, a chance not that's i don't think it would point. work out but like that kind of like they have to take a flyer on someone i guess like what else are they gonna do they're just they're just gonna unequivocally ride with sam howell like i'm just like I hate when teams do this kind of thing where it's like, well, he looked promising in one game. So he's, he's just, he's just a starter now. Like there's no question. There's no, there's no bad doubts about it. That was what happened once upon a time, other situations, many uh, to be clear, not just this, but like Nick Foles in 2012, when, you know, he, I don't even think he played all that well uh, as a rookie. And it was like, well, Foles is the guy now. It's like, well, wait, well, definitely for sure. Just because he's here, like that, he has to be the guy. Um, and then, sure enough, it worked out for 2013, but then whatever. Don't to relitigate the whole thing. But I feel like even like someone like Trevor Simeon or Brock Osweiler, it's like, well, he's he's the guy. He's definitely the guy. It's like, well, what if he's not good, though? Is there any kind of backup plan? It feels like there should be some kind of exit strategy here in case he might not be good. And it doesn't really seem like currently the commanders are going for that. But we'll see if they added Brissett. I think that would be a, a decent enough signing. Eagles, by the way, so to be interested so in Jacoby Brissett. I'm looking at uh, at Greg Rosenthal's top free agents list that has obviously been whittled down a bit with you know new deals being agreed to um, over at NFL.com. Who do you think the top three quarterbacks are on on his list specifically? Mariota, Minshew, and I don't know who else. No, Who's Minshew's that? actually Minshew's actually fourth. Um, I'm just scrolling down, and Baker's fifth. So number uh, the. Best and again, this is just his uh, list. Uh, best available Jacoby quarterback at the 
Jacoby's number one. Teddy Bridgewater is number two. Um, Teddy stinks. And number Why do people think he's good? He freaking he sucks. Okay, he well, not my list. Not a good player. <laughs> but he's just Chill terrible. Out, he's, he's an awful player, and people think he's okay, good. Well, he's, and he can't stay he's healthy. Number two. Uh, number three is Andy Dalton. Like that's the thing. Like that's kind of the okay. last one that, like, but, you know, of the names that we just mentioned. So um, they're Jacoby, Teddy, Andy, um, Gardner, and Baker. Um, Andy's the one with the most experience as a starter in the NFL, right? And the most experience, sure. like also the most most recent experience, right? Like I know Gardner started a few games last year. Baker obviously has a little bit, uh, but Andy started a lot. I don't know how, how many games did Andy Dalton start for the Saints last year. It's got to be like at least ten. You know what I mean? I so I don't know. But, yeah, eight, ten. Yeah. So my point is like, that's the dude. Like, I mean, like you got to have somebody right now. It's got to be somebody who has, you can, you would seriously, to your point, like the, the Brock Osweiler example, the Nick Foles example, which kind of worked out again, but like, you're going to like, well, Sam Howell, he kind of played well in that one game that the Cowboys were not really trying all the way in. Like, so we have to totally believe that this is the way it's going to be. And it's going to work out like what, like how, like that cannot be the plan. The only thing that like redeems them in my mind isn't even Dalton. If you pull off the Lamar trade, Okay, now you know. Well, fine, we'll Lamar's respect you a little bit. There. I'm just saying, like that's that's the only like thing. Like people are over here, like, well, what are the Jets going to do if if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go there? What are the Commanders going to do? Like, like, would you rather have Zach Wilson or Sam Howell? I know that's a stupid question, but like that's the Commanders are in the same boat, but they're just not getting dragged as much. I do think, but I don't. I don't think Dalton fits. They they need someone who they at least in theory, like Baker. You can talk yourself into okay, maybe he still has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. Maybe, probably not, but maybe Dalton clearly doesn't. The answer is just automatic no on that. Um, maybe I would not again base your plan around like going out of your way to get Zach Wilson, but if you could get him on the cheap, hey, how about this one, um, Matt Corral. Apparently, he might be available for not too much. The Panthers obviously not going to be having him as their starting quarterback. I, I would take a flyer on him if I'm the commander. You have to bring someone else into the building who like might have the potential to be a franchise quarterback. And that person's not out there. That's what I'm saying. Like, And, and the Where's options the are running thin. For him. No, but like the options are running thin. Like, okay, so Matt Corral and Sam Howell is your plan? You know what I mean? In, in like a, not amazing, a, like, but in, I, it's in, better than just no, Sam Howell. <laughs> But that's that's a that's like a oh well it's not an amazing plan if you're I don't know um if you're uh Kevin O'Connell like if, if you have that level of job security but to to the point it's like Ron Rivera you're gonna bet like and it's it's not just like maybe your last year in Washington like it's very difficult to get a third job as a head coach in the NFL which is what Ron Rivera would be trying to do if point. he wanted to coach again and so like. And, and like I think it would be difficult for Mike McCarthy to get a third job, and that's because he has a Super Bowl ring, right? Like, my, my, you know, Ron Rivera doesn't even have that. I, I understand he lost one, incidentally, to the team that Brock Osweiler helped get there. Uh, by the way, nice full circle job by me. But um, but yeah, I mean, like that that cannot be your plan, and like you're also running out of options. Speaking of Matt Corral, because the Panthers traded up to number one overall. The Texans need a quarterback. The Colts need a quarterback. Like, yes, there are like five quarterbacks in the draft that are would be options, but like you're you're no longer like in a in a situation where like you can trade up to four or five or whatever, or you're gonna have to pay a ridiculous amount for like the fourth or fifth prospect. And then like what happens? I mean, it's it's a really they, and they've let this happen to themselves. Like, I, I don't feel bad for them, obviously, but like, dude, you gotta do something. You cannot do this with Sam Howell. Again, like who would you rather have? That's my question. Straight up, Zach Wilson or Sam Howell right now? Sam Howell. But tell me if I'm wrong. Your answer is based purely because Sam Howell is like a mostly unknown thing. 
You're like, oh, right, I exactly. will take the I will I will take the mystery door. I like I don't even know what's behind it, but like that is not a you know a, a redeeming quality. <laughs> like just just because you're a complete. Well, it's total also unknown. personality stuff too with Wilson. Sure. Like there's just too much there to say. Like I just. I think there's big, massive, big lucha energy there. Whereas with Hal, I don't know enough about him. I guess to your point, but uh, I will at least, yeah, give me the, give me the chance. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna be bummed if we have to see like an Andy Dalton Commanders team or like a Gardner Minshew Commanders team. Like nobody wants to see that. Like it's just no, nobody, nobody wants. Even, even Sam Darnold would have been like a pulse. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I would have respected I mean, that he, a little oh. bit. This is the 49ers signed him, right? I thought he was still out yep. there for a no. second. Yeah. No, but that, uh, that's and, not, like, and I love, I, I said this before the Eagles traded for Gardner Minshew. That's the archetype of backup quarterback I love. The young guy, you know, still, still like mid 20s, late 20s, whatever, yeah, who has a he? lot of NFL starts. He, what? What was your question? He's like, sorry, go ahead. He's 25. Like a, Just, that's, that, that's what I'm saying. How many career starts does, does Sam Donald have? I'm going to guess it's like 40. Hendon Hooker in the draft this year is like 25. <laughs> yeah. Like, how many career starts to say? I know you're looking it up, but like, I'm gonna guess uh, it's like Donald 40. start. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't look that up, but it's okay, probably. I'm gonna look there. it up because I'm. I'm curious now. He's 25 years old. Same Donald um, has how many career starts? How many career starts? I'm looking at the. Uh, he has 55 screen. career starts. That is an wow. elite move from San Francisco. Like th- that's what I'm saying. Like you got it. Like, I'm not saying I think Sam Donald's awesome, but like in a pinch, which is what the Eagles were in this past season, what the Cowboys were in this past season. The Cowboys got really lucky. Obviously, the Cooper Rush worked out. But like in a, if you have to have somebody come in and play like three to six games, Mike White is now that dude. Uh, granted, he took a, a path that was very different <laughs> than Sam Donald. But like I love that archetype of backup quarterback. But like at this point, if you're the Commanders. That archetype is not your backup quarterback. You need that archetype just to contend with your rookie who has started one game in the NFL, which was against a team that treated it in like a half-ass way. Mm. These, I love how you're just trying to cover up for that loss. I, uh, the quarterbacks of the backup variety are getting paid a decent amount. I brought right. up Mike White earlier. <laughs> like $8 million over two years, $60 million total, $8 million per year. Well, think, and- think about the quarterbacks. Think about the playoff teams in the NFL. Um, this past season. The Eagles obviously relied on their backup quarterback to a legitimate degree. The Cowboys did as well. Um, yeah. The 49ers obviously did. Um, the Chiefs didn't this past season, but their first Super Bowl season, they, well, they had did to. In the playoffs against the, the Oh, that's, that, that's true. But they did for a little stretch. The first Super Bowl season was my right. point. Um, the... Um, I, no, I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's and like the, totally... the Dolphins. The Dolphins were a playoff team. Like They're the team who needed Mike White is my right. point. I know and you're I get, not arguing the point. I'm just adding validity to the point. Because obviously there's the two uh, concussion aspect of it all too. That's definitely a factor. But yeah, and I'm not saying against it too, because what I it actually goes to what I said earlier about like offense mattering more ultimately in the long run, uh, if for contending and whatnot. Uh, like you know, it's I think some people like you know it's it's hard to to say why would we spend eight million dollars on a backup quarterback when we need a cornerback or a safety. It's like well, I think ultimately because. Because of basically not because you're going to get Nick Foles level performance, what he did, but because of that scenario mm-hmm. where you can still contend for a title if you're a really good backup, as opposed to is that safety going to make like the same kind of difference for you? Probably not. Probably not going to make or break it the way the quarterback could. So that's the, that's the thing with the Eagles being interested in Jacoby Brissett right now. I think there's some kind of ire from people. It's like, well, how could we possibly sign him when we don't have, or we might lose Chauncey Garner Johnson? Well, I'm like, well, because Jalen Hurts goes down and you have Jacoby Brissett. 
you might be able to kind of navigate your, your a path here a little bit, at least, uh, I don't know, you know, if you're winning the Super Bowl, if you're starting the game, but at least keep your season afloat and keep things alive and, and keep it going a bit until Hurts can come back. Whereas uh, if you're going with Ian Book, like, or a rookie, probably not. That's, I mean, Jacoby fits that mold too. Like, um, and like Nick Foles, the second, obviously, era in Philly is the like ultimate example, right? Like the dude can come in and win the Super Bowl. And even like Kurt Warner is an example of that, like the lotto ticket that like paid off. But like, even if you don't win the Super Bowl, like th- think about the Cardinals two years ago when Colt McCoy had to play, right? Like he he kept the ship afloat. Like you you got to the playoffs, and like when you get to the playoffs, you have no idea what's going to happen. Like so, like yeah, if you have to face some sort of three to five game or whatever stretch with a backup quarterback, you want somebody who has been there and done that and seen things in the NFL. Who is going to be or who like was in the most dire of circumstances with that a year ago? The 49ers. Like like so, why not? go out and get somebody like it's 50 starts over 50 starts in the NFL. Like, and you're telling me that like, that's not good enough to challenge Sam Howell. You know what I mean? Like that's where I'm just kind of lost on what Washington's doing. But whatever. I don't know if you saw this, um, but this kind of has to do with your favorite player. Who's a free agent out there. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Did you see that uh, per Diana Rossini from ESPN, Aaron Rodgers has provided the Jets with a wish you, list of like, Do you not listen to anything I say? Is this is like what we, you said? Oh, yeah. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I literally read this. So let's end on this note, because I do think this is interesting in that, like, there's so many mouths to feed, right? Or only so many mouths that you can feed, rather, on offense. Like, so, like, obviously the Cowboys have been connected to Odell Beckham Jr., but if Odell, and um, I don't want to steal this tweet or steal this idea, this was, um, I saw Dave Hellman um, of Fox Sports tweet this out. If Odell landing with New York allows for um, Elijah Moore or Denzel Mims to be traded, I would much rather have either of those players than Odell Beckham Jr. You get what I'm saying? Like, so if, if Odell landing with the Jets allows for, like, when we trade, like, the Cowboys traded third, fourth round pick for either one of these players, I would much prefer that reality. Cowboys have been connected to them in the past, like in different trade discussions. So like, I'm all for this. And if Aaron Rodgers is the, is the sequence that starts that chain reaction, sign me up all the more for it. Maybe more so Elijah Moore than Denzel Mims. I would say I'm I'm cool with either at this point. I mean, I mean, you're really cool with Denzel Mims with 42 career catches for 676 yards and zero touchdowns. BLG Noah Brown was second on the Cowboys in receiving last year. No, Brown has been better than Denzel Mims. (laughs) But, like, I don't need need Denzel Mims to come in and be, like, my top flight wide receiver from the Cowboys. Like, the Cowboys restructured Michael Gallup. They they believe in him. That's a bit of a slippery slope in my mind, but whatever. But if you're adding Denzel Mims or Elijah Moore to a group that already features CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup, like, I like that a lot. I mean, and then you don't have to deal with the Odell stuff. You know what I mean? Which is obviously... Denzel Mims would not be available to play at Lincoln Financial Field when the Cowboys come because he's scared of Philadelphia. Okay. Look it up. Um, well, you know who's not is Andrew Wiley. He's excited about I mean, the opportunity. He's going to get worked by us already. I hope he wears the shirt in warmups. That's what I really want. Like, in go theory, for he could I wear actually think that... he could change his number to zero if the NFL allowed That's it, but they're, but they're not allowing it. it actually, oh, this is the, the, for, this is the uh, last thing I, I want to bring up because um, you brought up, and we talked about that before, Philly um, suggesting the rule that players can wear zero. The Chargers, I don't know if you saw this. I wrote about this, but we've had a lot coming out, so it's, uh, it'll be out when people listen to this. But the Chargers suggested a rule um, that if a wild card team is playing a division winner in the playoffs, or not even playing, but that wild card teams who have four or more wins than a wild card or than a division winner should be seated higher in the playoffs. So the, the Chargers' point isn't like, oh, well, we're twelve and five and you're eleven and six. We should be seated higher. 
it's only if you have at least four more wins than that team, which I think is fair, right? Because that's like, that's a big margin, right? Like if you're that much better, uh, it doesn't happen all the time, but I wrote the article, like I said, this would have applied to the Cowboys this past year. Um, in that circumstance, they would have hosted the Bucks. They wound up winning, obviously. But um, And this also would have applied to the Bucks in 2020. Um, they were 11-5. and five. That was the last 16-game uh, regular season. And they visited the 7-9 and nine football team. So if you, if you have four more wins than the division winner, I'm totally fine with you getting to host that playoff game. Mm. I don't think it needs to be changed. Wow. Okay. We'll see what happens next year then. If you can't beat that team, then it's pretty sad for you. I agree with that. I agree with that. Who was the – oh, the Seahawks were the one, right, the below 500 team. Um, because that's so, the thing here. That's the only difference there would be, right? You're not reseeding it, you're saying. You, no, or are you? You are reseeding. That's the oh, point. Okay. Like, like the the team in this case – well, like to use an example, the Cowboys would have had a higher seed than the Bucks last year. Hmm. And I, I think that the Chargers proposal also suggests that um, any other wildcard team, like you could have two wildcard teams technically be seated than higher than a division winner. It's just that th- that doesn't apply to last year. The only team that would have applied to it would have been the Cowboys, but like technically had the Giants also had 12 wins, they would have technically been seated higher than the Bucks too. I don't feel strongly about it, but I will say in general, as a general kind of take on rule proposals and stuff, the NFL needs to do a lot better job of just at least temporarily trying things sometimes because if we can do the whole Sean Payton is mad and right. has to get his way for pass interference was challengeable and it was so dumb and we can do that for a year, then why can't we do something like the onside kick proposal that the Eagles have been doing or whatever? Like, just give it a, a trial run. Why not? I, I mean, like, I know people think that baseball is broken and that their system is whatever, but, like, I do appreciate how they try stuff. Right? They're like, they're like, oh, we're going to try the pitch clock. We're going to try this. Out. Like, and what, if it doesn't what, work? You take it out. No, and like, um, what was like? Remember when uh, the MLB All Star Game would decide home field advantage in the World Series, yeah. and everybody was like, "This is so dumb!" And then everybody was like, "You should change it." And then they change it, and everybody was mad. And then now people are like, "Oh, this makes sense. Try it out." Like, you know what I mean? It's just one season. What do you have Who- to lose? Yeah, nothing. They nothing. act like it's gonna like alter the history of the league, and it's gonna create this like crazy year where something weird happens, and it doesn't actually fit in the normal structure. It's just. I do serious. think um, Rich Eisen says this all the time. Uh, I know that you don't mind it, but the um, the touchback rule when you fumble at the goal line, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. The, I, like you, you, me, and Stats have argued about this. Rich Eisen has said many, many, many times, and I would love to see this happen, obviously, without the Cowboys involved. He has said there's going to come a day where that play is going to decide the Super Bowl. And then, like, if you thought people freaked out at the Sean Payton thing, you know, the pass interference in the NFC title game, if the if the weird fumble touchback thing happened in the Super Bowl, it would be total and absolute chaos on the internet. Do you play pool at all? I Billiards, love pool. if you will. I love pool. I Are play on my iPhone all the time. Oh, actually, well, well go ahead. Make your point about pool. what do you play? Um, like straight up normal pool. I don't like nine balls fine, but like regular straight. I up. like a nine ball. Um, but what app are you playing? Are you uh, the on mini the clip one, mini yeah, clip one? the iPhone mini game thing on the on the chats. Oh, okay, the chat one. No, that's different. Uh, not as good. But uh, um, I like to play when I play when I control the table. And shout out to my friend Jess. Jess and I were running the table the other night uh, at this bar. I had like I had, had this sequence where I hit. No one cares. None of this matters. I hit. Right. It's really cool. I hit six shots in a row. Close out the game. Um, 
And anyway, I, when I control the table, because the person who, you know, is like controlling the table I, sets the rules, I like to play with ball in hand, meaning that, and I don't know how you feel, like, you know what I mean? So you can, if you scratch, if there's a scratch, I, if let's say my opponent scratches, I can put the ball anywhere I want on the table. Not, I don't mm-hmm. do that, stu- the thing where you have to put it behind the line and everyone's like, the, the, oh, two, the two dots or whatever. Yeah. Like, like you, you yeah, can't behind, cross like, that barrier. Yeah. Put, like, why? You should be punished. Don't scratch because if you scratch, you get punished. Like I, I think things should be like that. And to me, it's the fumble thing. It's like, don't fumble. If you don't want it, like have this thing hurt you. And also there's so many rules that favor the offense. There's so many, like the whole, the way refs call the game, it's all not, favored towards offense. I'm not saying you don't have a point. Against this. I'm I, arguing against the people who'd say it's I, the dumbest rule. Florio is I don't like, the dumbest rule in sports. I don't like no, the rule. it's not. It's not my, the dumbest rule in sports. But so my only dumb. pushback to your point, because I like, I think you like your point has merit, but like my only pushback is I like, so I'm not a professional athlete, right? But like, I want to watch professional athletes be great and be heroic. You know what I mean? And do things that like, you know, in my mind, like mortals can't achieve. So like, I want to see somebody like dive and reach for the end zone, right? Like, like, you know, at, at all costs, right? So like you do, and like to your, I guess to your point, like there is some calculated risk that goes into that. But like, when you do that, like, you know, or, or like the rule punishes heroism in my mind, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it punishes like, like the, the ability to dare, you know what I'm saying? But like a dare is a dare because there's like a consequence to it. So like, I, right. I kind of talk myself into it back and forth. Um, last thing, and then we'll get out of here because we ran, we ran really I have long. One last thing when you're done. Okay, your last thing, because I want my. I really think I probably mentioned this before. My one little rule tweak that I'd like to see tweak is that you know how the touchback is at the 25 yard line used to be the 20 on kickoffs. Right, that was a change that they tried, and whoa, the world didn't end. Right. I feel like if you were able to kick it through the uprights on the kickoff, because you see that from time to time, right. you know, then you, it should be at the 20 instead of the 25. I think you should be able to move it back five yards if you do that. I like that rule. Um, Dave Damashek has suggested a little before, bonus. Um, like a, a middle, I forget what he called it, but like a middle pole to the upright, like that, that you could call for. And if you can hit it, it's, it's oh, wow. worth five points. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm, I'm butchering what his point was, but it was, it's something, it. it's something in that the concept. Yeah. Right. Uh, that would be kind of cool. Like, I like the ability to like call your shot sort of thing. Um, like, ima- like, and imagine like Justin Tucker, like Justin Tucker's getting a bigger contract <laughs> in, in like that world. But, um, my last thing, the last thing, uh, for anyone who does have an iPhone that plays the mini games with people who have iPhones, Brandon was like, I'm the best at the word search. Games. I am. I- I'm the best at all the word games, blah, blah. Okay. And I, I just repeatedly the last three times? smoke him. I-, I, Brandon has nothing on me in these word games. Anagrams, That's so not true. I don't. Anagram is a little bit more 50-50 split, but like you were like, I I'd say I'm above you in anagrams. I, I you're, think, you're above me in uh the word thing, but that's still the word, close. The word search, I smoke you. Like yeah. it is it is Broncos, Seahawks, Super Bowl level smoke. <laughs> no, it's not. That it is, is that's insane. No, it, it is, is not. I just so, beat you in it the last time we played. Nah. You beat me in anagram. The, the one I don't like is the like the one that looks like Scrabble. Like, cause it takes so much work to move. There's a lot of around. variance in that one. See yeah. here. Look here, listeners. See those two crowns. It's hard to see in my phone here, but there's two crowns. Crown one. Click on the two. click on the word search. Do the record. It should tell you the record. Does it say I that? Think, I don't know. No, I, I don't think it does. I'm looking for that. I don't see it. Wow. Wow. I usually beat you. Sad day for you. 
Um, and the one I lost to you by was by 200 points. Like, it could not have been a more thin margin. BLG gets smoked repeatedly by me. And he was like, I'm, when, when we started playing, he was like, I'm really good. Just watch out. There's no, I am. I'm re- everybody says I'm really good. And then I immediately just I dropped. I think I said everyone so. says I'm really good. I just know yeah. I'm really good. I, yeah. Holden, I called him out. Don't worry. Um, oh, Holden easily. Hmm. Yeah, I believe that. Um, okay. Uh, let's get out of here. Brandon, as we leave, why don't you tell us your favorite food that comes in a bag that you have to open? So like like chips. doesn't have to be chips, but like uh, anything that comes in a bag that you have oh, to open. Oh, man. Well, it used to be these specific brand of chips called Late July that were bacon habanero flavor. They don't make them anymore, at least to my knowledge. Um, right now, I think what jumps to mind is the truffle potato chips from Trader Joe's. And I have a question for you and the listeners to ruminate on. Can't answer now. You have to think about it. Okay. Three apps on your phone that you would keep if you could only have three apps. The prompt is that your favorite top mode ever three apps. On your you can phone. only have three apps on your entire phone. What and do you, you have, do you have to include like, do I have to count the, like, like a text app or a phone app? Like, do those have to, or are those like, are those stock apps that come with the phone? That's a good question. I feel like the spirit of the question has to be like apps that aren't the stock apps. It's like, right. three, let's, let's make it three apps you can download, like three ones you would. Three apps available in the app store. Yeah. Okay. Uh, has, hashtag NFC East app. Let us Boom. know.